All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Chasing Heroin on this day. My name's Janine. I'm an alcoholic addict in recovery. My sobriety date is January 15th, 2015. Hi, I'm Kimberly Walker. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and my role on the podcast is to ask Janine and our guests questions that our listeners may have and change people's perspectives on addiction and recovery. So our guest today is someone that I've known for a really long time. I know I'm. I'm not sure exactly. What, I, th- I think we met at FRC, but I knew you before that. Mm-hmm. I we might have been at Las Colinas together. I can't remember, but I know that I I know you from like before FRC. I used to go to Choices all the time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. 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 So we have my friend Esther on. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot. Oh, my name's Esther. I'm an addict. Why don't we start with? So your sobriety date is July thirteenth, two thousand twelve. So Esther just passed uh, nine years. Yes. Which is amazing. Yes. So typically we have people on to talk about kind of like where they were leading up to that. But before we do that, why don't you start with a little bit about like you, where you're from, your background, like how you started getting using all that kind of stuff. Just anything you want to share, however far back you want to go. Okay. So um, I grew up in Carlsbad and most of people, when they think of Carlsbad, they think it's like a little bougie town, but mm-hmm. No. There's that one little neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> like Encinitas, too. I used to run around with these guys from Encinitas. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I grew up in Carlsbad, and um, I started out drinking all the time. Like, in high school, ju- no, it was junior high. Okay. I started drinking all the time and smoking marijuana, and um, the school was right. Um, my Where I'd hang out, it was right by my school, you know? So okay. I would go over there and look at the homies and you know I wanted to be like that you know I don't even know why drinking and using and then like right away I started doing meth Mm -hmm. it's kind of like okay because I was always a little chubby girl still a little fat girl but I'm okay with that (laughs) when you started drinking and smoking weed were you thinking like I I feel better than I have before like was there a feeling of that or was there even an uh, awareness or was just like this is fun I'm doing with my friends yeah Pretty much, this is fun. I'm doing it with my friends, and I was like in that attitude, like I don't care. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you live? You lived with your parents. You lived at home. Yes. I lived with my mom. My dad was the addict. My dad was a heroin addict. Was he actively using at that time? Was he just like out and about using? He was. My mom and him separated when I was young. Okay. Because she didn't want that for us, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I would see him here and there, Mm -hmm. but yeah, pretty much he was. He was strung out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you know that when you yeah. were a teenager? You did? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How did you get introduced to meth? Uh, one of my friends. Mm-hmm. She just, uh, I remember she's like, let's do a line. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know what this is, but let's do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then she, I was like, like trying to be bad after uh-huh. I did it. Uh-huh. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> so you, did you, did you end up finishing high school? No. Okay. So what ha- what ha- what happened during high school? Did it just kind of all escalate, or um, I winded up going to a continuation school because okay. I was ditching and like, okay, you know, and I didn't really care about it. Okay. At that time, it was like not important to me. Right. To right. Finish. Right. Yeah. So, how old were you when you got clean? Uh, God, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Okay, so we're talking about now almost twenty years. What did the next twenty years look like for you from? using in high school to finally stopping, like kind of briefly summarize that 20 years, like what all, what all happened? 
So I winded up, when I was like 20, I ended up hooking up with some dude. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up having a kid with him. Oh, you did? Yes. I I have two sons. I didn't know that. I lost custody of both of them. Okay, okay. But um, I winded up stopping on using when I got pregnant with my first son. And the second one, I couldn't stop. And I was on methadone. And then like... A couple years after that, I lost custody of both of them. And okay. I was just trying to get clean. And then after that, just went downhill. Like, my mom passed away after I had my first son. So, like, I had no more, like, home to go to. Mm-hmm. And um, I lost my kids. So, I just went downhill. Like, just going to jail and selling dope and just, like, knowing my consequences and not caring, you know? Right, yeah. And, like, trying to get my children back and not getting them back, and it just went bad. Like, it Mm -hmm. just went from bad to worse, you know? Yeah. It's such a hard cycle because it's that idea of, like, I don't feel great about myself, and I'm using... My motivation is maybe my children or family or whatever it is. And then I'm being told by all these systems that I'm not a fit mother. And that plays into your self-esteem, which then you want to use to like escape from it. And it's this horrible cycle of like, how do I get out of this? I, I love my children. I want them back. But I'm struggling and I'm physically addicted to something. Yeah, I remember at some point I, I was trying to get my children back. Mm-hmm. And... um. I was strung out at FRC, mm-hmm. and um, I remember... Oh, so you went to FRC more than once? Uh, yeah. I went oh. there. The first time was in 1999. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And um, So, uh, for the listener, uh, you got, y'all have heard me talk about FRC sometimes. I, I spent nine months there in 2014, and Esther was one of the people that we looked up to. You would come back and speak. You had, like, two years. And that was sort of when we met, but so you'd been there previous. Okay, so yes. go back to what you were saying. So I got strung out there because they used to let us go on stress walks. And oh. I, yeah. They still did stress walks when I was there. Well, I was going oh. on my stress walks across the bridge to Pozole. Sure, so. sure. <laughs> What's a stress walk for the people who don't know what it is? You, get to t- you can say, I need a pass to go walk for 20 minutes because I'm stressed out. Okay. And they let so you walk it's out the a door. Co- they're seeing it as a coping skill. Absolutely. It was a coping skill at that time. Right. <laughs> it was. So, the neighborhood she's talking about is the doghouse that I lived in. Mm-hmm. was right there. It's horrible. I, there. I hate it over there. Very familiar with the neighborhood. So, uh, yeah. Um, I hate it over there, too. Oh, my God. You know, I don't even like driving by oceans or driving down that street. I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's still challenging for me to drive by there didn't like it over there right mm-hmm. yeah oh, I know. but so you were at frc and you were strung out at frc yes okay and i remember at some point um they put us in a room to detox like me one of my home girls and um two other girls mm-hmm. and um i remember walking out of frc because i'm like i'm sick i need to go get well mm-hmm. and then walking back and telling my home girl like Hey, Lala, I need to go back, man. I'm like, mm-hmm. my kids, my kids need me. But I I went back and stayed one day, and then I left again. Yeah. You know? What does that look like? I'm really curious when you say they put you in a room to detox. Like, I'm imagining, it's really interesting. I'm imagining, like, sticking someone in a room and being like, see, in a few days, we're going to throw food and water to you. Like, what does it look like? Well, we couldn't interact with the other clients. Uh-huh. And, um... They kind of did stick mm-hmm. us in a room and bring, uh, food. bring us food, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it was for our well-being, but I didn't see it like that at mm-hmm. that point, you know? Well, because you're physically sick, right, when you say you want to get yes. well. Yeah. 
Okay. So then you did, you, you left, even though you're like, I, I really want to do this for my kids, still struggling, and you left again. Yes. And then what happened? Then I just wound up getting busted again. Mm-hmm. Like, it just wouldn't stop. Like, I would get busted and then get out. And um, I remember all my intentions were good, of like, course. to do good mm-hmm. when I was in there. And then I would get out and get strung out again. And, like, at some point in 2001, my uncle took me to a rehab in TJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, Let me tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> so... There, you can't leave. Your family will pay for you guys to stay there. Okay. You know? And um, they stick you in a room right there Mm -hmm. to detox with just mattresses. And there's, like, bars on the door. Mm -hmm. And they just stick the food in. And there's other people in there, but, like... They're going through withdrawals too, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming this was not a medicated detox in TJ. It was no. just a okay. No, but nobody's I mean, giving you Suboxone or anything. They were giving me some. Uh, my uncle paid for it. They oh, were he did. Giving okay. me, um, God, Darvins and that date rape pill. Those oh, date rape pills didn't okay. shit to G- me. Like GHB stuff. No, no, or? no. It was on uh, Reynold. Uh-huh. Those. Um, like roofies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those didn't do shit to me. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even knock you out. No. That was the tactic. We'll just knock them out. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. I, that was the best thing you could do for us. Yeah, but that was because that was kind of before Suboxone, yes. right? Because Suboxone didn't actually come out mm-hmm. until 2000, I think, five, six, seven, And then very few people had access to it. It was incredibly expensive. I remember that was one of the things I loved about Steve. Steve was one of the first people to make Suboxone kind of affordable to yeah. us. And I remember him saying he, like, took heat from it in the industry in the beginning. And he was like, they just want you guys to suffer. You don't have as much money. You know what I mean? They just don't want you. They want you guys to suffer. And I didn't want to do it that way, you know? Yeah. And I was like, well, thank God, because by the time I was kicking dope, Suboxone was around. But, yeah, so at that time, you would have just tried to make you fall asleep until you had kicked, basically. Yes. Right? And that was beautiful. Right. That's the only thing you can do. Yeah, I wouldn't. Like, every time I was kicking, I wouldn't sleep for at least two weeks. Like, it got so bad that... Every time I would, every other kick was like worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Like I, one time I didn't sleep for like 40 days. Really? Like a good night's, no. Yeah. And like I would get maybe like an hour to right. sleep a night right. and it was right. horrible mm-hmm. and I hated that. So you were in TJ for this detox and then what yes. happened? And um, I winded up staying there for I think 15 or 16 months. Oh. Yeah. That's a while. So you were doing well there, and you were clean for 15 or 16 months while you were there? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. I So <laughs> what I wound up doing, oh, my God, this is horrible. So um, I winded up, I wasn't even a lesbian at this time, uh-huh. okay? okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not a lesbian, but I did have some lesbian tendencies yeah. at this time. Uh-huh. I hustled this broad. She didn't even speak <laughs> English. Her name was Ruby, and she, the only thing that bitch could say is, I love you, babe. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she used to, like, look out for me like a champ, mm-hmm. you know? And then um, one of the times, um, one of my other friends, she went out on a pass, and um, I talked to her into, for her to get me dope. Mm-hmm. So I winded up getting dope, stealing a syringe from the firmary right there, mm-hmm. and I slammed the TJ water. <gasps> <laughs> Did you get sick or were you okay? I had a rash all over my face oh, and my body. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I did no. that shit twice. Um, Tinted water is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to drink 
exactly. I never would have even thought about not using it to slam with, though. I didn't either. I wouldn't have thought twice about that. It would never have occurred to me that if you weren't supposed to drink it, you also shouldn't inject it. I didn't think about... Now I'm remembering you commented that on one of my TikToks, but I didn't really get it. That that would have made you sick. Yes. Okay, so you used while you were there. You were there for 15 or 16 months, but yes. you were kind of doing okay. Yes. Okay. And then... um. My brother winded up going over there. My brother winded up getting kicked. We we got kicked out of rehab in TJ, which is really unheard of. <laughs> um, and um, we came back over here, me and my brother, mm -hmm. and we got strung out. Okay. Started getting strung out again. Right. Going back to jail, then uh, it was just at this time. I I remember like um, when I first started using heroin, I would go ask my dad mm -hmm. for. I would go buy dope from my dad and tell him it was from my homeboys. Yeah. Mm. So he didn't know you were using or? He knew. Oh, okay. He knew. Mm -hmm. He was like, here, come on, stop playing with me. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Was he still strung out at this yes. point? Okay. I mean, I winded up, after my mom died, me and my brother, my um, my baby's dad, his girl, my brother's girlfriend and my dad were all using together at that point. Okay. Okay. Did you guys all live together? Did you live near them? Yeah. Okay. We all lived together. It was my apartment. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> right? Say that. Yeah. Well, did you ever go to prison? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay. Nice. did one, one term. One term? Okay. Yeah. What was it for? Possession. Okay. You believe that? Possession. A prison term for yes. possession? Yes. How much was it? Um, I think it was just like a gram of heroin. And you went, got a prison term for that? When was this? This was in 2009. And that would never happen now, right? For a gram of heroin? No. Or maybe it was because you had a record it's previous to I had to a that? record, yes. Okay. How long were you in prison at that point? Uh, I want to say like nine months. Did you get like programming and, or not so much? Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. You do. And did you find it to be helpful? No. Okay. No. What did you think would have been helpful when you were in prison like in terms of treatment and whether it be groups or any of that stuff probably groups and mm -hmm. stuff like um prison is prison prison is kind of it's a trip you know mm -hmm. but um the yard i was on it was all program yard so it made okay. it less scary mm -hmm. And it made me kind of want to do good. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Did you have that thought? Because I know you said, you know, you'd go to jail and you'd say, okay, when I get out, I'm not going to use, I'm going to do well. And then you get out and there's all these temptations that then come to us, right? It, I think that like people's true selves are when you're in there and you're going, I want to do well. You want to do well. You want to, you know, be reunited with your children or whatever it is. But then you come out and there's all these temptations that were not there or harder to get in prison, and it's more difficult to actually follow through with it. Did you find that that's what would happen is the cycle of, like, I want to stay clean, that's my intention, I get out, and then so stuff happens? My intentions are always to do good, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm in custody or, right. like, when I'm in a program. But um, I did wind up going to a program. That's when I winded up going to Choices. I pro to Choices, and mm -hmm. I did good. For oh, you went through Choices? Yes. Okay. And I, I did good for about, I want to say, 18 months. Okay. And then I was just like, I got bored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were there when Steve was there? Yes. Okay. I, I went through, I detoxed in Choices okay. one time, and then I went through Choices another time. Okay. And Steve actually, he would call that Suboxone the Cadillac kick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it was, yeah. you know, better than kicking with nothing. And it was a nice foundation yeah. and, yeah. you know. 
yeah. yeah. It was kind of a Cadillac kick, really. And, like, Steve always looked out for us. I know. He always did. I know. He always, because the second time I went back, I had, like, absolutely nothing. And he arranged for a deal. You know, he'd scholarship people. and yeah. You know. He let me pay $300 for me to detox. This is the kind of stuff that he would do. Yeah. It's crazy. I love Steve Woodward. I know, me too. I, the time I went over there to go kick, he like sat me in his office and he's like, he looked at me up and down. He's like, where are you from? I'm like, are you really hitting me up? For <laughs> real, sir? I'm like, I'm from Carlsbad, why? <laughs> you know? He's like, oh, do you know this and that person? I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> you know? And he's like, oh, well, I'm from EG. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. He knew how to, like, relate to everybody that came through, mm -hmm. you know? That's a gift. Yeah. You've heard all... Actually, almost all the people that have been here have talked to you about Steve, huh? Mm -hmm. He really had, like, an impact. I've had Tommy on a couple of times. Oh. Some other people. Yeah. He's doing really good. He has almost two years. Really? Yes. Good for him. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, okay. So, in and out, in and out, in and out. At some point, you obviously finally stopped in July 13th, 2012. So... What was going on with you in May, June, and July? Like, what led up to this last time that you used? What was, what did your life look like? What was happening? You said you were on the run. Like, what was going on? So, I remember having nowhere to go. Like, I was staying um, down in the valley in Mesa. Mm -hmm. And um, didn't know what to do, where to go, you know? Like, yeah. after a while. And I was staying at somebody's shack. Mm -hmm. I remember. And, um... My, me and my, uh, the cops got my dude and my dude was going to do another prison term. Okay. And, um, he's like, just go to a program. And I did. And well, I went to my uncle's house, my uncle, and my aunt, they're the, the ones that always help me get clean, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I ended up going to detox and I was, that's where I, I took some methadone pills and okay. I put them in my butt and I didn't have to. <laughs> They could have gotten in my pocket. And um, where did you detox? Uh, VOA in San Diego. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I've been through numerous programs. You've been to like most of the ones around here, right? Oh, Serenity House. Serenity on all those. Okay. Yeah. Five-time Kiva. Graduate. No, no Kiva. I never went to Kiva either. It's too uh, far. Yeah. <laughs> Is it East County? Yes. Yeah. Lemon Grove, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you detox at VOA and then... And then... um. They um, Denise got me a bed at FRC, and um, they tested me, and I was dirty. Right. And I remember Denise was like, nope, you need to stay here. Don't leave. And I was, like, thinking in my head, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Because I had gotten high in detox, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And um, they got me a bed. At FRC. At was, FRC. She did the exact same thing for me. I came out of McAllister dirty, and she was pissed. Because she yeah. got me into McAllister and was holding a bed for me at FRC. Yeah. yeah. And I used after I left McAllister early and that's the whole thing. And then when I got there, but they did, my mom lived in the area. So they, they let me go stay at my mom's house for three days until I could pee clean. But you peed dirty, but they let you stay in anyways. Yes. Okay. They let me stay anyways. Okay. And um, the first couple of days I still got high. Okay. And I was like, oh, what am I doing? And I, I remember like. There was a couple girls that I knew there from the streets, and um, they were running around with their little strollers, and I'm thinking, like, why am I doing this? Like, mm -hmm. 
I'm I'm a bad person. Like mm. these girls are trying to get their children back, and just because I didn't doesn't mean I should fucking like be getting high around them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know something just like click like I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I got clean. That's I don't crazy. Know. So July 13th, you were already in there. So July yeah. 12th, you took a methadone pill. July 13th, you no, didn't. I did heroin. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did okay. heroin. I had somebody. Put it in a burger for me and drop it off. <laughs> <laughs> so you did that July 12th. And then the next day you never did again. I never did it again. I don't even know what it was. It wasn't me. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I can't explain it. Yeah. You know? Kim's and crying. It was you. It all. It, it, it wasn't my doing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it was, it must have been subconscious or something mm-hmm. because I really, in my head, thought I was going to die at feet, And that's all I was worth. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe seeing, like, the other women with their children, like you said, something clicked, and you're like, maybe I I wasn't able to do this at that point for my children, but I'm not going to do it around these children, and I want to yeah. do something different for myself now. Yeah, and, like, when I was there, like, these girls, they trust me with their kids, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, I, like... To this day, like, some of those kids call me tia. Yeah. And I'm really attached to them, of to my course. girls. I'm so attached to them. Yeah. Like, those women are still my friends today. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I seen them struggling and trying to do good and trying to be better people. And I just wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. You know? And I didn't want to be the dumb one that kept fucking up and... People would be like, oh, that poor dumb shit, Mm. you know? What was it like? Because you said you saw these women that you wanted to be like when you heard Janine say you would come to Choices and Janine would say, I want to get time like that. FRC. FRC. She would come. You would do. Remember they did like the Saturday night meeting and I remember you would come lead. So all these women that you might have looked up to, did you know that there were other people in the world that were then doing the same for you when you had stayed clean? Well... I like H&I. I've always liked H&I because that's where, like, I started getting hope mm-hmm. for myself, you know? I don't know. It's like H&I was always something that I, like, I want to be like those women, too, mm-hmm. you know? And I would go to women's meeting at Choices, and I would see, like, some beautiful lady, Norma. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, that lady's so beautiful. And she would say she was living in a bush. I'm like, mm-hmm. they would give me hope, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you're living in the bush, and you look bougie as hell. <laughs> and she, and she's beautiful, mm-hmm. like, all around, you yeah. know? And I was just like, damn, maybe. Is that yeah. why? Because I think one of the most, the strong, it's amazing to me that you still, after all these years, you still do H&I at Choices, which is, must be so frustrating for you to find people week after week after week. Like, most people don't do it for that long. What is and it? I don't know what it is. So H&I is called hospital, Hospitals and Institutions. Uh-huh. And so when you are in a program, somebody will come into the jail or into the program or into your detox. Someone like me and Esther, we actually, she had me do it at Choices like a month ago. That's what I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. You go there and talk to the people, basically kind of like a meeting lead or kind of like what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. um, one at a time in about a 15-minute 
increment. You just say like, hey, my name's Janine. I was a heroin addict also, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Now I do this. I'm married. I don't. So H&I is hospitals and institutions. And you still run a lot of the outreach for North County NA. Uh, no. Or the H-I, H&I, I guess. I actually backed up a little bit okay. because of COVID. Oh, but I was okay. doing FRC for a couple of years. Yeah, you did FRC forever. I remember for you like coming six, in. Six, seven years. And then when COVID happened, I like they stopped doing it. And then I had been a panel leader for so long. It was just like, eh. Yeah. And, um... I remember the thing that really, really gave me hope was Denise going into yeah. the jails. Denise. Oh, did you see Denise in jails at the first yes. time you met her? Okay. Yes. Denise is the same lady that I was talking about recently when I was talking about programming. I'd gotten kicked out of FRC and some lady came in and was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. From behind me. That's who that was. Mm. And I turned around and it was Denise. And I was like, it's fine. I'm going to go into another program. And she was like, you've programmed up to here. Mm-hmm. Now it's just about fucking doing it. That's who that was. Mm-hmm. That's, that's who said She's that to me. She's my coworker now. Is she? Well, <laughs> yes. tell her that I, she said that to me. She probably thinks I'm dead in a ditch somewhere. I think most people probably from mm-hmm. NA think that I did not make it because it did not seem like I was going oh, to. Oh, no, girl. You're TikTok famous. Oh, no, girl. Does anybody know that I say, because I was such a shit show and NA, and everybody knew I relapsed all the time, and Who then I just it? disappeared. That's true, I guess. Who was it? And I'm like, God, most of those people probably think that I'm still... Well, tell Denise, I talk about her, that she said something to me that really changed my life. I got kicked out of FRC, and I was just going to try to find another program. I was going to go to Serenity. And then she walked in and was like, no, no, you've programmed up to fucking here. I can't teach you anything else. You're just going to do it or not, or you're going to go die. And she mm. just walked out. And I didn't ever go to another program after that, you know? I know. She's uh, she's one of those people that makes yeah. you listen. Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah. So you first met her in jail when she did yes. an H&I. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what H&Is do you do currently? You do the one at Choices, I guess. I just, um, whenever I, they need somebody sub. That's when Oh, uh, that's when you do that. Okay. And it's not hard to find people to do H&I ever. Oh, it's not? Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> Especially now it's Zoom, so yeah. You know. But no, but even when I was doing those guys were funny looking in the. I know they're all like, "Oh, oh, you want a studio?" No, <laughs> no, Sarah. They were getting married. close to the camera. <laughs> this lady's married. I know she's beautiful, but she's married. Stop it. <laughs> um, I mean, you kind of already answered it. What was different? What did your first? What did you? do differently like if you had to point to a few things in the first 30 to 90 to four months at frc like because you'd been there before i kind of like me i'd done all those things before i'd been to all those programs and i actually had a sponsor and i would actually do step work and it wouldn't work did you actually like have a sponsor and do step work and yeah. it wouldn't work you would yes yeah see yeah. too so what was different this time do you think i remember they let us out for a meeting one time at um, FRC, and it was to Pozole, and I was like, oh, over there in the ocean. San Diego Street, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I was walking, and I remember thinking, um, my dude was out of prison, and um, he was out there using, and I was thinking, like, oh, God, what am I, I should leave. I shouldn't be here mm-hmm. because he's out there. What if he's having sex with somebody else and right. getting high with them? And then I was thinking, like, where am I going to go to? Mm. Like, seriously? Mm-hmm. What do I have to go back to? Mm. And then, and I was just like, oh, just go back to your program. Yeah. And that was a different 
like thought than you had had prior. It was like, yeah, I'm going to leave and yeah. then maybe follow up. And now you're like, ah, I'm going to stay. It's really hard when you have a guy out there using. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I think my. It's very hard to stay. My guy was like a lot of my self esteem, mm-hmm. but those women started filling that void. Mm. You know? Yeah, like, trusting you with their children and. Yeah. I mean, don't get it messed up. Like early recovery, yeah, I was doing um, kind of dolphin horse stuff. Were you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I was still acting like I was using, but I wasn't. You right. know what I mean? Like, having sex with random guys mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Stuff I shouldn't have done. Well, it takes a while for some of those behaviors to, if ever, pass. Mm-hmm. It was my self esteem. Yeah. You know, I wanted to feel pretty and that somebody wanted me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't even make sense anymore to me now. Right, mm-hmm. right. You yeah. know? Yeah. So where are you now? What's going on with you now? I'm married. <laughs> so that guy, right? So the same guy? Yes. Yeah, you guys guy. got married. Really? Yeah, yeah they've yes. been together like 16 years or 17 years, Almost you said? Almost 17. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we have two doggies. <laughs> Her doggies. Your doggies are TikTok famous. I see them all over Are they? Things. They're like little chihuahuas, right? What are they? They're Pomeranians, but they identify okay. as Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like a lot has happened, you know, mm-hmm. since I got clean you know my brother passed away mm-hmm. you know my aunt like my brother passed away in march 2018 my aunt passed away june to june or july july the one that was would help you get yes mm-hmm. that was like my mom wow. you know she passed away july 2018 and then my dad passed away 2019 wow. december you mm-hmm. know and um i had to stay clean through all that how did i do it the women, mm-hmm. the women, I would cry when, like, nothing affected me more than the death of my brother. Like, mm-hmm. that was so fucked up. Yeah. Like, me and my brother were just, like, we're so close. Mm-hmm. Like, we did everything together. We were strung out together. He was, like, he, there was nothing I wouldn't do for that guy, yeah. you know? Because mm-hmm. he was, like, my best friend. And when he died, I was lost. Of course. And I remember, like, not wanting to live, you know, like mm-hmm. what the fuck is the point of being clean if I have to fucking go through pain, yeah. you know? But um, my niece, like my little niece, his daughter, she's like in her 20s, she's like, yeah, please don't go back to using. Oh. And I'm like, that's the furthest thing from my mind. That's his daughter? Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember wanting to not feel that way, mm-hmm. but not wanting to get high. Yeah. Because I had, I had to do... I had to plan a service. I had shit to do, you know? Yeah. And I remember being in a haze and um, my cousin helping me through it and my girls helping me through it, you know? Like, we had a fundraiser for my brother mm-hmm. and um, it was in my neighborhood and there was NA people and there was my homeboys mm-hmm. yeah. and my homegirls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it was like, it was a trip, you know? Mm-hmm. People were helping me, you know? And yeah. God and I gave he had a nice service and my aunt had a nice service my dad I was there when my dad died and I held his hand you You know there I was there where did he did he pass away in a hospital or in a hospital no idea that he was gonna die I walked in oh my gosh I walked in and they were gonna take him off the no I don't even know what happened I can't Mm -hmm. even tell you what happened all I know is that his wife called me and said Get over here. Your dad's not going to make it much longer. And Was he sick? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I 
don't know what it was. They okay. were saying his organs were shutting down mm. and he couldn't breathe. Yeah. Okay. Pneumonia. Oh, he had water in his lungs. Okay. And um, I remember walking in there and I'm like telling my dad, Dad, it's me, Esther. Because my mom's name was Esther and I didn't oh, want him to oh, yell yeah. my mom's <laughs> name, you know. And um, I, the nurse walks in and I'm like, what's going on with my dad? And she goes, come outside. And she started telling me, he's not going to last much longer. You need to get in there. And I was, and then I, I was telling him, Dad, it's me, Esther. And he was like yelling my name, Esther, Esther. Mm -hmm. And then he died. I was oh, holding his hand and he gosh. died. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> yeah, that's intense. Yeah, and my, my husband's right there in the room, and he's like, what the hell is going on? Mm, that's so yeah. crazy. If I didn't know what was going on, he didn't either. And right. it was just like, oh, my God. It was just, I had to walk through all this stuff mm -hmm. clean. And not get high. And I'm like, oh, man. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's an important distinction to make, though. I know what you mean when it's like you have this feeling where you're like, I don't want to feel like this, but I don't want to get high. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really important internal milestone or I don't know how to describe it, place to get to mm -hmm. where I don't want to feel like this. But the coping mechanism, the other option isn't getting high anymore. And I think that when that starts to happen, there's a there's a, a more of a level of safety there. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And 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 I don't know if that only just comes with like some time away from using or or what, you know, how we get there. But like that's how I feel too when things are challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's hard, but I don't want to get high, you know? Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. I like I couldn't tell you why I'm still clean, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if I was to bet on anybody, it wouldn't be me. Right. It would not be me. My niece even says it. The one I least suspected to get clean is the one that's clean right now. Right. So what is your recovery? What do you do for your recovery? Uh, early recovery, I used to always be at meetings. That's right. all I did. Right. Now it's a little bit challenging because of COVID, right. but I yeah. still try to manage a meeting here and there. You do? You know? Okay. But I do have a support group. My girls have not left my side. Most of us have nine years clean. So the same women from FRC? One of them's a program director. Oh, how cool. At FRC. Really? Yes. Fabiola. Fabi? Okay. She yeah. still works there? Okay. Yeah. I say I have a couple best friends. Yeah, she's one of because them. Because those are the those are like my sisters. Of you know? Course. Like, I work with Monica. She, I got clean with her. Yeah. Monica, with, my old sponsor, Monica? No. No, no. I know her. You I know was, Monica, though. Redhead yeah, Monica. Yeah, yeah, I was in jail with her. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Fucking bitch is crazy. <laughs> she's crazy, kind of, right? Yeah. She yeah. beat up somebody in jail. With a, with a cast on, right? Is yes. what I heard. Yes. I heard that. And yeah. I was there. I was like, God. Yeah, I and Candace and you know I'm still really close to Jackie. Like you okay. know, those women, Lindsay, we all got clean together. Yeah. You know, and their kids call me Tia. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm their aunt. Like, and if something happens, they know to call me. Those little boys know to call me, and the little girls know to call me. Yeah. You know. So would you say the community? Was the community different at FRC the last time that you were there or you were different and you were able to be open to the community? Like, do you figure it was the same in 1999 and you just weren't able to like really see it and you were ready for it? I mean, what I, made you closer to the girls this time? I don't know. I think it was just the girls that were there, you yeah. know? Yeah. It was just us, it you just know? Clicked, yeah. Because that program has not, it, it's changed over the years, but 
it was just us, I guess. You is know? it still a real long term? Is it no. still nine months? No. No. Okay. okay. No, programs have changed. It's okay. like 90 days a month. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Medi-Cal took over. It's, like, mm-hmm. oh, God, it's a big old. It used to be a really long program. Weren't you, you were there for over a year, right? I was, I there, was there, there 13 months. months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 13 months. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. It's a really nice place to be, actually. It, it's really structured. It. And um, it, it made me want to be a better person mm-hmm. you know like I remember going to work in the kitchen and thinking in my head I can hold down a job yeah you know right and um taking care of the kids and I'm like I'm responsible right yeah so instilled hope and sounds like it helps your self-esteem yeah. And... yeah so then what was it like when you left FRC when I you left were going the... to meetings regularly you... every day mm-hmm. and I used to... did you go into their sober livings first I okay. went to I went to Chantel Silver Living, and that was right down the street from Choices. I was there for like a month, and then they were looking for a house. Lisa, Lisa was looking for a house manager. She was looking for a house manager, and I was like, oh, no. I met with her, and I was like, mm, she's not gonna get me. I'm freaking Mexican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's kind of tough, though. She's one of the only people I never. So I would you I would live in your sober living and use anyways, and pass mm-hmm. a drug test. I did that at Chantal's, and I remember going to meet with you and her one time and I was using and I had a friend bring me over there and I don't know if you remember that. Do you yes. remember this? Yes. She walked inside and she was like, so you've already fucked up because your homeboy outside knows where knows where we live now and this is supposed to be anonymous. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I, was, and I was loaded. And she was like, okay, so um, you want to come back tomorrow with this amount of money and, and pee for me? We can do it. But like, I know a little bit about who you are and you know, like I'm going to be paying attention. And she flipped her hat backwards and walked outside and I'm gonna tell. I didn't even come back. I was I like, know. you know what? I'm not fucking with her. I'll go pee somewhere else. You, so, and you were yeah. there. You were there showing me the house. Yeah, and I was like, why would you bring some dolphin dude with you? Was it obvious he was a dolphin? Yeah. Uh, all right. We're dolphins. Yeah. Hello. I didn't know him that well. I just needed a ride. But we were using. But yeah, Lisa she walked knew. in and she was like, so you already fucked up because that guy out there shouldn't know where this house is. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, yeah. this ain't the place for me. Okay, so Lisa needed a house manager. She interviewed you. Yes, and I didn't think she was going to get me. Right. Never. In my, right. Never in my, I never thought, no, she's Mexican, mm-hmm. I'm a gang member. No, I'm too ghetto. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, she wound up taking me as a house manager. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I winded up staying there, I want to say, four and a half years. Yeah. Uh, and that was like the best decision I could have made because that kept me clean and right. accountable, you know? Sure. And um, I was going to meetings all the time and I had a job and, you know, like when I first got there, I was still taking the bus everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And like I worked up to that. I got a car, got a better job, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh God, like that lady also helped me get my life together. Lisa? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she believed in me, and I she, was, she trusted me. Yeah, with her nice house in a nice area, it was kind of bougie. You yeah, know? it was kind of nice. <laughs> and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, she's a real big part of my story. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's like certain people that you're like, hmm. Yeah, that stand out. Yeah. So you were there for five years, four and then yeah. four and a half. Oh, uh, well, I winded up making my husband go to the men's sober living okay 
And I told him, you have to be there a year, and then we'll move out, maybe, you know, or okay. something, you know. And yeah. he he got he was there a year, and he was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah. I'm not ready yet. I'm not paying rent, sir. <laughs> I am not paying rent, no. But now you guys know. live together, obviously. Yes, okay. we live together. Like, he wind up getting his way. We moved out. And, and now you work in a program. Tell us what you do at, at the program that you work at. I am a biller. Okay. Plus, um, I am going to school to become a drug and alcohol counselor, so I do run some groups. Okay. You know? Okay. And um, where are you going to school? CCAT. Okay. We're doing it online right oh, now. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, because of COVID. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is that the KVAC? Is that the first thing that you get yes. for? Okay. Yeah. So I'm almost done. And That's so cool. And I'm getting like A's. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, of course you are. Yeah, but I mean, I'm like. Me? Yeah. I, I, I've I never doubted my acad academic skills. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. But it is a little bit harder, you know? Of yeah, course. for sure. But I have a really good... My girls are going to school with me. They are? Yeah, are, are all of you guys going to school? Candace. Oh, Martin, I didn't know that. Yes, we okay. school together. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. If somebody was listening that had like 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, really new... And you could suggest something for them to start doing like today when they hear this. What would you suggest? The times are going to get tough, but just don't get high, you know? You're not going to have... I remember hearing at meetings, oh, I have the life that I never imagined. And I thought it would never happen for me, you know? Mm -hmm. But you just got to give yourself some time, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you have to be in a program, it's fine. You're investing in yourself. Who else are you going to invest in? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Hopefully that light turns on, you know, and just don't get high. Mm -hmm. I know it's impossible when you're, when you want to get high and you're obsessing over it, just don't do it, you know, because that one time you get high, you could die. Yeah. Right. So you try know? to let the craving pass or. They will pass, you mm -hmm. know, but. If you get high, you might die. Mm -hmm. Like that's our reality. Like right. I'm a heroin addict. I could overdose if I go get high, mm -hmm. and I know that. When you look back and you think about all the things that you've gone through, it was really difficult. You've had a lot of loss. Sounds like some trauma growing up. Do you feel, as strange as it sounds, like grateful for your addiction and what it's kind of done for your life and where you are now? Like, yeah. I mean, I if I could like turn it back another 10 years and not be in addiction mm -hmm. that long for that long yeah mm -hmm. you know but yeah I'm like, it's making it's made me the person i am today you know mm -hmm. like i want to help people yeah you know like when you're in the field i'm in it's not for the money it really isn't right you know believe me i don't know <laughs> oh, but i mean you want like you're always I'm always rooting for people mm -hmm. and I tell them I believe in you and you don't believe in yourself and yeah you're gonna do it if you don't get high yeah you know and I, I like I said if I was a betting woman I wouldn't ever bet my money on me mm -hmm. ever what are some of the things you heard when you were trying to get clean that you say to other people corn fed mm -hmm. okay Danny yeah Danny he told me he uh, one time I was like I don't know I I don't even remember what it was. I know I was battling and he was like, Esther, we don't want anything bad for you. Mm. You know, we're not asking you to testify against somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so 
something you would yeah. say. He's like, I just want good, we want good things for you. We want yeah. you to do good. And that was like, oh, he was speaking my language. That's mm-hmm. something I could understand, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that feels more like achievable than like, we want you to do this. It's like, we just don't want bad for you. Yeah. yeah. We want you to do really great things, but it can start out as one day clean, two days clean, being somebody's sponsor to having this life you live now where you're doing the billing and leading groups and going to school. That feels unattainable if they told yeah. you then. And yeah. now you're like, I did all of those small things to now get to this life that I really am happy that I have. It can feel like the people in program are against you too. So so Corn yes. Fed, the guy she's talking about, was the after um, aftercare. aftercare manager at Choices. Mm-hmm. And... It feels, yeah, man, it feels like they're against you. I always thought that. But the reality is... They're trying to get us in trouble. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. I really, I felt that way at all. At FRC in particular, I definitely felt that way. Yes. But if you just don't, it sounds so simple, but if you just don't use, nobody's after you. Yeah. You know. And don't commit crimes. And don't commit crimes. Right. Yeah. While you're there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't steal on store run. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing wasn't my thing. Oh, really? No. Oh, okay. No. I used yeah. some t- sometimes I would put a bunch of heroin in my butt. And right. Cross it across the border. Oh, right. Yeah, it was so dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, thank you so much, Esther. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. I can't believe you have nine years. I can't either. Is this, doesn't it just sound like so long? Like yeah. nine years. That just sounds so long so long when did it start feeling so for me around like at nine months because I don't know maybe you had some time I did not I only ever got like in the 90 days ish area and then around nine months I started feeling like like am I I'm like a clean I'm like a person that's clean and this is gonna sound so weird but I got a car which I hadn't had a car in like five Mm -hmm. years and I'd be getting out of my car and I literally felt like something this is crazy was gonna fall from the sky onto my head like I can't actually have like this can't be right it was weird I felt like something was going to fall on me when did you start feeling like maybe I'm going to do this like at what time period did you feel like I'm fucking a person that is clean um first year first year first year had you ever gotten a year before yeah but not not really not really no not think like little things that you would have done here and there so it wasn't like a full yeah I always chipped here right yeah yeah I think I always chip, but um, I remember walking back from FRC and seeing somebody in the drive-thru at Wendy's and thinking, God, when am I going to be able to be in a nice car ordering food? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It was like the simple little things yeah. that were like, oh, you know, like I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just, I don't know, like the first year... I remember being at FRC and remembering where I was last year, and I wasn't cute. Right. You know, mm-hmm. hoping that I wasn't going to go back on the streets instead of being in the program. Right. You know what, though? I think that that keeps me so... Like, I, I've told this to Kim before. Having a car that does the Bluetooth, where I can call somebody and talk to them over the phone. Do you have Bluetooth in your car? Yeah, but I don't use it. Oh, okay. What? You just hold your phone while you're driving? No, I have headphones on. Oh, okay. So having the Bluetooth in my car still sometimes blows my mind. I never thought that I would be in a car 
just like driving myself around. Did you? I would see people in cars mm-hmm. and think like, <laughs> I'd be like, your life is so good. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe, exactly. I can't believe you have a car just like going to a drive through with a, yeah. I couldn't get, I mean, dude, anything, a debit card. I couldn't yeah. get an Amazon account for a long time. I know. You know what I mean? Nothing. I have a credit score. I see. I, nice one. Okay. Nice one. I don't have, I still don't have that. I still don't have that. But I think that that gives us, Coming from being like the lowest of the low, right? Because there are also lots of people that did not have bottoms like ours, that didn't just stay in that period of jail, homeless program, jail, homeless program for years and years and years and years and years that have higher bottoms, you know? Yeah. But I think we have, I almost think we have it better because I'm so much happier with smaller things. Yeah. You know, like still, truly. Sometimes I don't even want to come out of my house because <laughs> I had nowhere to live before. I know, you know what right? I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't know. Like, I'm, when I do H&I, people are like, I don't think I'm a drug addict. Mm. What the fuck? <laughs> really? Seriously? You're in the same spot as You're me. here. There's something wrong with this picture. Right. And I'm grateful that I know I had a problem. Mm-hmm. It was a problem. Like, it was literally, it was consuming my life. Right. Did you ever go through a period of denial where you thought it wasn't a problem, where you thought it was manageable? Yeah. You did. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like high school, 20s. So you did deny it for a while. For the beginning, yeah. I was like, at least I'm not prostituting myself. Right. I would sleep with all kinds of dudes for (laughs) just so they could get me high here and there. You know what I mean? Right, right. Sometimes it was even a cotton. I was like, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> you would sleep with someone and then they would give you a cotton but their cottons were big oh. <laughs> I'll be like, Damn. a cotton then, is like uh do you know what that is i think so but everybody else might right know. so a cotton is like uh you draw dope up out of it so after someone has already drawn the dope out of it they give you what's left mm. you can add water to it and bang out a little bit no more. no no those cottons were big they were big it's enough all right okay okay I was a prostituting myself that low. Like, I was, I was uh, sucking dick for spare change. No, oh, ma'am. <laughs> oh, ma'am. So you did go through a period of denial, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not that bad. At right. least I'm not on the streets. Mm-hmm. At least I'm not living in a bush. At least I'm not um, out on the corner, right. you know. Yeah, right. Were you yeah. ever feeling like you had seen your dad and you knew growing up that he was strung out? Like, I'm not there, so I'm not an addict? Or did you, because you said you knew your dad was an addict yeah so at at least i wasn't shooting up mm-hmm. my dad was yeah i was you smoked it at first, first. yeah me yeah too. for like a couple months and then my dad's like if you can if you need rape my grandma was a diabetic so uh, you're gonna start shooting up soon and i was like no I your dad have. told you that yeah i mean because that's the truth sure yeah. you know that is our truth and he was in his addiction my yeah. dad was my dad used to give me heroin because I think he didn't want me committing crimes and going to prison, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's probably what kept me out a little longer. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, you know, at least I wasn't shooting up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And the next thing you know, at least I wasn't uh, pushing around a shopping cart, you know? But how did I feel about myself? I did not like waking up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, why do I have to live this life? Why am I cursed like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not taking personal responsibility that I did this shit to myself, mm-hmm. you know? And I wouldn't want to see anybody else live like this, but it was okay for me to do it, mm-hmm. you know? 
no, it wasn't okay. It yeah. was never okay for me to live like that. Yeah. And it was fucked up that I had to think it was okay to like shoot up dope every day mm -hmm. and yeah. go. And I knew con knowing my consequences that I'm going to jail and being okay with that. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not okay. Yeah. I, I don't want anything bad for other people. Why would I do that to myself? Right. Do you still have friends that are still actively using like that? You, that you oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I see them all the time. And it's like, do you ever see them? Sometimes I'll see them like just walking down the street they when come I'm into my program. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, huh? yeah. But does that kind of inspire them a little to see you? I would hope. One of them said, hey, Esther, do they know who you are? <laughs> You're like, yeah, and I still work here and I'm still there. And he called me by my gang name. What's up, Casper? I'm like, oh, my, oh God. my God. He's like, do they know who you are? Wait, that's your Snapchat name still. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. And he was, I'm like, yeah, they know who I am. Yeah. You know? Oh, but I'm clean. I haven't even used a cotton, dude. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> I hope that inspires them a little when they I see you. I hope so. You know? I hope so. And I always take the time to talk to, like, people that I was getting high with. Yeah, You know? Definitely. Because... I want them to have what I got, you know? Mm. I want them to get clean and take care of themselves. Yeah. Like, and care about themselves, you know? Because, like, that's what it really boils down to for us, you know, is that we give a shit about ourselves, mm. you know? And not want to kill ourselves anymore. Because we're eventually going to die, but why make it faster, you know? Right, yeah. And just enjoy our lives, yeah. you know? Like, I went on a cruise. Me and my husband went on a cruise. We were dining with fine folks, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And they're like, oh, so what do you do for a living? And one of them was a chef, one of them uh -huh. was a teacher. Oh. And Johnny's like, I'm a roofer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm a biller. <laughs> but I didn't, we really didn't go into detail. But yeah. you know, my husband's all tatted Red. up. And you know, they yeah. were still so on the cruise with those people at that table. Yeah. And they were, they were talking to us like normal, you know. Mm -hmm. And I guess. We're normal now. Kind you of, are. Kind of. We you are. know what I mean? No, we're not. We're going to be normal. I don't think yeah. there's anybody think that's so? no, no. Yeah. There's nobody that's going to be normal. Nobody's really normal. Yeah, that's And especially true. when you live the life like we live. Yeah. You know, we pick up certain things. You know, like I can pick up on shady motherfuckers quick. I'm yeah. Like, oh, uh-uh. He's full mm -hmm. of shit. Oh, why is he acting like that? Mm. That's what Lisa liked about me. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. probably true, huh? <laughs> I can't believe you remember that day when I came and looked at those rooms. I was like, oh my God. What were you thinking? Do you remember? This bitch is higher than a kite. <laughs> Stop playing. You ain't fooling no one. Oh, no. I wasn't? I thought I looked okay. No. I probably didn't. I didn't no. look good. We always think we look good. Yeah. God. We always think we look it good. It was right after I got out from that strong arm robbery, that story that I've told, mm -hmm. and Evan was still in jail, mm -hmm. and I was out. And I was going to try to just move into a sober living, but I was absolutely still using. We mm -hmm. always think we look good. Yeah. And we always think we, we're like the finest one in the room when we're using, you know <laughs> what I mean? And I don't even know how I had people wanted to have sex with me. <laughs> I had abscesses everywhere. I <laughs> everywhere. I was a walking abscess. So funny. <laughs> so now what is, do you have pictures from that time at all? Like when you look back on them, are you like, Oh yeah, whoa. Facebook. I'm like, whoa, damn. You know, like, oh, God. Do you have ever... any of your mug shots? No. They don't give them out in San Diego. No, they don't. And I don't care about them. I want my mug shots. I don't care. I remember I don't I, care. you were working at drug court, and I remember asking once. I was like, can I have my mug shots? No, I don't care anymore. <laughs> okay. 
I want him for recovery purposes. I want to be, because I don't have any pictures of me using. None. None. So I'd like to be able to show people, because occasionally I'll get a comment on TikTok and be like, you didn't use. Not like necessarily accusing me of lying, but being like, you don't look. They always say that. You don't look like a dope fiend. Until right. I start talking, they're like, oh, right. yes. <laughs> that bitch is good. <laughs> but that's why I want my mugshot, so I can be like, no, dude, it was pretty bad. Yeah, they like the clients probably. I was a front desk for a long time, and they thought like I was a. Just some lady. Yeah, some random lady. What was it like to be in that position where they didn't know you? And kind of your history and what you had been through and that you were way more than qualified to be sitting in that chair. Well, some of them, a lot of them knew me because I'm from this area. Right, yeah. But the ones that didn't, I would just laugh, you know? Mm -hmm. I just look like some little fat secretary, but no. (laughs) No, sir. (laughs) That's so funny. Where where was the cruise to that you went on? Just Ensenada. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm glad that you got to do that. And we go to Vegas. We do like a lot of family stuff now. You do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And travel and stuff. We have, I married into a very good family. Oh, good. Yes. Awesome. Very good family. We're like really family oriented. Oh, that's good. That's like the best decision I could have made is married him for his family. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have money. Right. <laughs> this this might be a tougher question but did you ever talk to your did you ever communicate with your sons again no No. i tried i tried and tried and um do you know where they are or anything yeah they're um not too far from here that i by temecula and winchester okay and the little one i think the last time i talked to him he was off to college oh wow but he like he was going back and forth with me you know like okay i want to talk to you okay i'm not ready but the big one, he don't want nothing to do with me really? at all. I mean, you know, like for hearing for a long time that I was a piece of shit and I fucked up and I chose dope before them for so long. His family would say that? I'm People would sure. say that to him? Okay. And his grandma didn't want them to have anything to do with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I already, like I did enough, I've done so much damage that mm-hmm. they don't want to, I guess she didn't want to expose them to more. Right. And they don't want to be set up for failure right do yeah. they know how long you've been clean now though mm. i don't think so so y'all aren't friends on social media or anything no. like that okay they want yeah 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 i think that's important though i appreciate you sharing that honestly though because mm-hmm. i know that w- I, I, i'm sure somebody will someone else has been in those in I your mean, shoes yeah and you know? i mean maybe someday soon they might right. maybe not right you know like it's like everything just doesn't magically happen good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think it's important that you got clean anyway. Like yeah. one of my good friends at FRC, my friend Sarah, she would tell me, she was like, I'm amazed that you're here. If it weren't for her son, she was like, I would not be here. I would not be here. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true though. You might've changed your mind eventually, you know? And like, obviously you did you know you ended up getting clean for yourself you know because Rachel has said that too Rachel she knows Rachel really well mm-hmm. without Hannah I wouldn't have and I'm like mm, I don't know though maybe you would have eventually and I think it's I, I'm I'm happy for you that you found that piece where you eventually did it for yourself yeah I think eventually we get tired of living that lifestyle like I didn't want to be pushing a cart I know I hated it I didn't want to be out in the streets like I I knew eventually if I wouldn't stop I don't have family that would take me in. Mm-hmm. I'd wind up homeless, you know? Mm-hmm. 
also would run out. Right. Even harder to like find motivation because you're going, well, wait, what is my end goal here? I don't have a family that'll say, oh, you're clean now. We'll take you in. So no, none. None. Yeah, it's such a huge accomplishment. And yeah. you can't retire as a dopey or no. a drug addict. I mean, a drug drug dealer. No. We don't have a 401k no, racking up anywhere. No, it never <laughs> ends pretty for them either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We wanted to. We think we're gonna. It's gonna end like Scarface, but no. I don't know what I thought was. I didn't think about it. I just needed to not be sick, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then one day I looked up and I was a lot older than I had expected to be. Yeah. Right? And that was it. There. I didn't think. I I thought I'd stop eventually. Yeah. Sooner than I did, but like I didn't really have any thoughts of the future. You know. Yeah. I just didn't want to be sick. Yeah, and I would say, when I, when I hit 20, I'm going to stop using. When I hit 25, I'm not going to be using anymore. When I'm 30, I'm done. Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you never know if you keep going in and out of programs. You don't know which time something will click. Yes. Because I was one of those people. In and out of programs. Oh, God. I've yeah. been to Serenity, FRC Choices, TJ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, it's like, I never... Never, I never thought I would stay clean, you know, and you never know when something will change. Yeah. You know, like nothing really major drastic happened. Like, you know, Jesus didn't come and talk to me. No, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like my thinking just started changing little by little, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And like, it just, one day I was like, oh, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it just kept going on that way, you know? Well, thank you so much for your humor and your yeah. vulnerability. Like, it's just really great. And I think our listeners are really going to be able to connect with you no matter their background or where they're at now. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I would do anything for Janine. Oh, I would. Yes. I would. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Esther as much as Kim and I enjoyed interviewing her. That was one of the most fun episodes we've done. And, you know, I, I want to, we spoke about this a little bit, but I want to take a moment and highlight and honor something about this episode and about Esther, which is that Esther broke a multi-generational cycle of substance abuse. She was the one, she was the kid, a multi-generational cycle was broken with her and the work that she did. And, you know, getting clean is always challenging, but it's particularly challenging when your life has been surrounded by substance use and that's been a way of life that's been modeled for you. That doesn't seem outside the norm. It's really, really tough in that situation. But Esther proves that it is not impossible, though challenging, it is not impossible. And so I just want to take a second and honor and recognize her for that. She also, you know, it's funny when we have people that are chronic relapsers and y'all know how I feel about that term, but whatever, you know, you know what I mean when I say it, people that went in and out a lot, we often say, I don't know what it was about this time. I don't know. I don't know. But when I go back and I edit the episodes and I re-listen, there are themes that are central to the person's story that even if we're not aware of, if we're the person sharing, I can go, oh no, like it's kind of, you know, I'm getting a little like a picture here of what was different and what was changed. And one of the things that stood out to me in her story as really crucial in her success and recovery this time 
was her community that she found and built and developed at that last program that she was in and the women. And she said something, this, this is, this is what I heard. Went to that meeting in her neighborhood, a neighborhood she was familiar with. Her guy was out there using, he'd gotten out and he was out there using and the norm would have been to go join him. And it's very challenging to not go join a partner that's using, but she didn't. And she said, I don't know, I guess the girls had stepped in as my self-esteem. The girls had filled that void. But what actually happened is she filled that void through the bonds with those girls. And you hear in the program a lot, I don't know why it works, it just does. I don't know why it works, it just does. I can now accept that when I hear it because I've been around long enough that I've seen evidence of things working for me without like a logical explanation. But when I was new, I didn't love hearing that. And this is one of those things, the fellowship, it just works, it works, it works. Well, why? And I was thinking about this tonight when I was thinking about, okay, how do I want to, how do I want to like wrap this up? How does that in fact lead to increased self-esteem? And I realized something that it does that I've experienced too. So, and I'll use me as an example. When I was using it didn't matter. None of my personality traits were there anymore. I was just Evan's junkie chick, right? Like I was just the girl sitting there. And this is true for guys too. Your personality traits don't matter. They're, they're, not, they're not at play anymore. And when I was at the last program I was at, I remember one of the girls, we, we had to do paperwork. We had to like do some assignments so that you could like progress through the program. And somebody was like struggling finishing theirs. And I said, well, look at it like this, blah, 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 blah. And I, and another girl said, well, wait, like help me break mine down. And and I did it again. And one of the girls was like, dude, you're like a lawyer, the way that you explain things. And I, and I thought, oh, right. Like I do that. Like I speak well, that's the thing that I do, you know? And I had forgotten that I had forgotten that. Or like, you know, say your thing is that you're really funny. Like Esther is obviously really funny. You're not funny when you're out using But when you take away the dope and you kind of clear the cobwebs and you're left with your girlfriends or the people that you've met in recovery in a program, like the funny guys come out, you know, and you start remembering, oh, right, like I'm funny. And I think that that's where that self-esteem comes in. Through those bonds, your actual personality starts to come back a little and you remember, oh, right, like I can actually, I can this girl's talking about wanting to lose a little bit of weight or like do this or that or whatever. Like I do that. Like, like I can show you how to do something in the gym. You know, I can explain this to you. And we slowly start to find those pieces of ourselves. And I think that's how we get our self-esteem back through those relationships because we start to use those parts of ourselves again. And remember that like, that's who I really am. I'm like a funny girl who can explain things and show you how to work out and make you feel better about yourself. I'm not just some junkie chick on a bicycle, you know? And I think she found that through those girls. And so I encourage you, the fellowship is a huge part of long-term success and recovery. And for a variety of reasons, there are the obvious ones, you know, your friends are there for you. They are evidence when they take time to that the program works, you motivate each other, talk to each other when things are down. But I think also through those bonds, we start to remember who we are and what we offer others. You know, the other thing she talked about was getting involved, not just in service work, because I know y'all have all heard that, but something else she said made me think she got involved in doing the commitment that was most effective for her, which was H and I, and now she does H and I. And I started thinking, 
I loved speaker meetings. That was my thing. I loved going to a speaker meeting. Even in the beginning when I didn't like meetings that much. I loved going to hear a single person speak for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, do a little deeper dive into their story, their insight. And I loved it. That's why I do the podcast. The podcast is sort of like a speaker meeting. And one of the first commitments I took on was being the speaker finder for a meeting that I enjoyed. And I think when we pick up a commitment and we offer to others something that we really know is a value and that we feel good about, I think not just picking up a commitment, but a commitment that we, that we really got a lot, a lot out of when we were in our earlier days, I think there's something to that. And so I recommend maybe doing that as your first commitment. Did you get something out of the literature? And maybe you could be the literature person, you know, or coffee, you know, like, I don't know, one of the commitments that you have really taken the most from. And then the last thing I want to say here too is, you know, Esther and I were talking a lot about the people that we both know. And I started to think in the places we've gone that are local, you know, to North County, San Diego. And at first when I was editing, I thought, man, should I cut this out? Like listeners don't know who these people are. But then I purposely left it in because the point is not the names. You don't need to know the people. What's evident from those conversations is that because she and I were bouncing in and out, in and out, in and out, we were building resources. We were gaining resources through all of our attempts and relapsing is looked at in such a negative light, but I kind of want to flip that around a little bit and flip the lens on that to not that it's just like failure after failure after failure, but it's, it's an at bat every time where we gain a little bit more insight and we gain a little bit more information. And when we're ready to execute, when we're tired of getting beat up and we're ready to execute, like we know the guys, we know the people, we know where the meetings are. And so when she and I were going back and forth, back and forth, yeah, she helped me. Oh, she helped me too. He helped me. It's because she and I have been in and out for so long that we knew all those people. So if you're someone that's in and out a lot, you're gaining resources, man. You're gaining resources. They're not abject failures. You know, this is a process. And now you have more information every single time. And if you love someone who's a relapser, they are gaining information over time. So Esther, thank you so much for your time. And listeners, thank you guys so much for your time. As always, please reach out to me with questions or suggestions, subjects that you want me to talk about. And I love getting your reviews. Reviews really help elevate the podcast. I was talking about those overdose numbers a few weeks ago, and you can really be an agent for change just simply by writing a review and elevating our visibility on our various platforms. So thank you guys so much. And we will be back next week.